Hello you lucky lot and welcome to an apotheosis of a bombast episode 52. I'm Elton as you're probably aware of and I'm here to let you know that we had a couple of Skype problems now. I thought I'd let you know early on the problems start around about 30-35 minutes into the episode so hold your horses for a little while. Um, Hopefully you can make it all the way through. I think it's worth it. We've got some good stories there for you and a little bit of fun so enjoy and i'll see you around about when it all starts to go mental cheers Welcome to episode 52 of an apotheosis of a bombast. I'm getting things started here so you don't miss the good stuff. <laughs> so I'm one of your hosts, Scott Copperman. With me, as usual, is Mr. Elton McManus and our special guest, live from the Creeping with Armstrong studios, Mr. Ross Cleaver. Woo! Creeping Hiya. Towers. <laughs> Scott was desperately sort of stalling then because he couldn't remember where I was, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was sitting there thinking, I'm going through the point of starting the show, and I'm like, oh no, what if I mess it up? Then we go back. <laughs> yeah, well, we've, we've been all rambling. missed quite a bit of good stuff, so that's what I was trying to to help you make sure you don't miss any more. Yes. So Hi, guys. Are. How are you? John. Hello. Good. So, how, how are you guys been? We've been good. Very busy with Lost as that comes to a close. I know. It's, it's a little bit depressing, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. we'll get a big chunk of our lives back as. Even well, I don't we'll want it back. That podcast, but it's just the um, the deadline element of it. That you know, each every Tuesday here, there's a new episode, and I guess it's Friday nights or Saturdays out over mm-hmm. there. It's if we don't get an episode out within five or six days, it's it's irrelevant. Obsolete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so we just have the any free time we have, we've kind of had to put toward that show, and, and we're kind of looking forward to. As much as we don't want the show to end, we're looking forward to, like, two weeks from now when we can kind of say, hmm, let's make this week an apotheosis week. Let's make next, you know, come back and forth and not feel so pressured to give that uh, top status sometimes. I'm still refusing um... to watch the last episode. I don't want it to end. And if I don't watch the last episode and I don't know what happens, then it's never going to end for me. I was um, listening to I, I, at work. I've got a playlist on my um, computer, and it's it's a bit geeky. But I, I every time there's any incidental music in Lost, I go and buy that track and make a little playlist. And I've been listening to uh, my Lost season one and season two uh, playlist today, and it's getting really morose. Because I don't, I wish I could just go back and watch it all again and and not know what happened. I just kept kept getting reminded of, of you know, these amazing sort of twists and turns and stuff, and. It's just a little bit sad that you're never going to get that again. It's a little bit depressing. But anyway. Well, nice. What is it? Michael G. Kino, he, he does a lot of things. And, it, you know, there is some similarities to the style of music. So, Well, it's, it's more the stuff like um, the Patsy Cline and, oh, yeah. uh, and sort of The Who and stuff like that. Th- th- those tracks are the ones right, like... The context it. setting kind of things. That... Yeah. Had a little competition today. I had someone working in my studio with me who's a bit of a Lost fan. And I sort of was going... Um, Okay, whose song's this? What song? What does this refer to? What episode was it? And he was looking a little bit sort of like bamboozled, and uh, yeah. yeah, he's not. A, he's not a, one of um one of us. <laughs> anyway, different podcast, though, guys, isn't it? Yeah, no. 
one of That's us. Right. Have you seen the wristbands? Yes. They're, they're doing the um, live together, die alone ones, is it? Mm-hmm. No, haven't seen them at all. There's it's a bit bands. like it's a bit like the um, what you, the way they did for uh, Lance Armstrong. You, yeah, help the helping heroes in the UK, and also the they did it for um, uh, make poverty history, where you get a wristband to show your support. Someone's doing um, a lost one for the. Uh, it's got the. It says um, "Live Together, Die Alone" and the start date and the end date. So you wear these wristbands, and some, the money you pay for it goes to charity. But um, apparently, the first batch of them just sold out so quickly. They're desperately trying to get another batch in in time for the finale. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a way of identifying people, so you can go over and geek out to them. Yes, because the finale's um, got one episode tonight, and we got the finale at the weekend. In America, it, and then we got right. to wait another six, five or six days for it to be aired in the UK. So, is it being shown on Sunday night in the states? Is that right? Uh, yes. Okay. And I think that's because the American Idol finale is Tuesday night. Right. And I suspect they just didn't want to have it compete head to head. This well, is our big uh, May is sweeps month when they right. do all their ratings for advertising rates and such. Well, I've heard they've been get, they've getting um, Super Bowl sort of um, prices for the advertising in the finale. So it's it's a, and that's one of the reasons why it's gone to two and a half hours because they can get more um, advertising revenue out of it. I can believe that there was a TV show called Cheers a long time ago, and when that network it was on NBC, and when that series wrapped up, uh, they did the same kind of thing. It was um, the final episode. And then they had the late night host. It was, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Jay Leno then. Uh, he hosted like a special show at the Cheers bar, you know, kind of meeting with the cast and all kind of the same way they're looking to do this continuation on ABC with uh, the Jimmy late Kimmel? night guy there, Jimmy Kimmel, yeah. Mm. So. They're showing um, the alternate endings as well, aren't they? Because apparently they filmed some alternate endings. Yeah. They're going to show it on there. Yeah, yeah I've, I've heard that it might be a choose their own adventure ending towards Lost. And I was like, oh no, don't do that. What, 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 they just pause it and then the uh, lock turns to the camera and say, okay, how would you want it to end? Dial this number now. To, if, <laughs> if you want the, Didn't the they bench. have a real movie like that though once? I remember hearing that there, there was a movie made or and you would sit in the theater and you, you had like a little voting box in your seat and the majority decided the route of the movie. It was like an I, A, B, and C I, I button. That, yeah. There yeah, used to they, be uh, a program on, um, I think, BBC One or BBC Two years and years ago, and Sylvester McCoy, one of the old Doctor Whos, yeah. he hosted it, and it was a very similar sort of thing. And the next week, you got to write the next episode of it. I can't remember yeah, the name of it. Uh, oh, we looked up, we, James and I have talked about it on our podcast, because he, he got so excited about that show. Um and it, it, he would like show like we can do anything here we can do and it was all with like the um blue screen we can have snow we can have um rain we can yeah and we can change the studio into whatever you want but it ended up being a quite a boring sort of story at the end of it but i always remember a guy in dungarees sitting on the desk who answered the phone i don't know why that's stuck in my memory <laughs> I, I remember remember that more than what the actual story is about but yeah I, i'll look that up well you would think like i used to watch whose line is it anyway uh, gee, it must have been like eight, late 80s, early 90s before it was really on t- it was on uh, like a single cable channel here but then all the improv stuff got real popular here in the US for a while and you would think that was the perfect time to, to do that kind of show mm. 
because you have people who specialize in that. All right, on the fly, they want it to be, you know, <laughs> now you hate her and you you you're going to cheat on her and go with him and whatever the whole deal is. And it's it's kind of strange that that never really took off because if you have a, a fan base to it, then you get basically the chance to to use the same material kind of the same core part over and over because you know people just like you choose your own adventure book like you would you get to page 31 and it would say do you go in the sub or do you go with the mermaid king and you put your finger there and you flip to the next page and you read a little bit no, don't put your finger like, don't put your finger back, 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 back. <laughs> go, no, go the other way no 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 that's cheating oh, i hate i hated it when people did that you play it to the end and start a game from the beginning oh, I, I, my so brother dull. is sitting stick fingers inside the and you can hardly turn the pages because you've got so many fingers holding places yeah. in yeah, I used to do that. But you used to, used to get the ones with dice as well, didn't you? You had to have oh, a pencil. I've got one on my desk here. Yeah. Oh, Stephen, Steve Jackson, I think it was, wasn't yeah. it? Ian Livingston. Yeah. Them Final books. Fighting Fantasy. Did you ever see the Star Wars Choose Your Own Adventure books? I've seen um, St- Star Trek ones. I haven't seen Star Wars ones. I have. I got my son the three. Uh, it's basically a New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. And... and that goes through the story, and then it's there's different points where you can choose to do something, and it's it's more novelization than your standard choose your own adventure because it, it there's only so many points where they wanted to deviate, and pretty much if you don't do what they did in the movie, you only get like one or two more pages. <laughs> so uh, after so-, so you go through, and it's like uh, you know there's you're in the bar and you're looking for someone to. Uh, to take you to Alderaan, there's, you know, <laughs> man at this table and someone over there. Who do you go to? If you don't pick Han Solo, the book ends like a page later. <laughs> you go to Han Solo, you get a couple of things. You know, um, there's a bounty hunter behind you. Do you say don't shoot or do you, you know whatever it is, whatever you choose. If it's not the story, the book ends fast. So it's a very so, linear choose your own adventure book. Yeah, it's it's a strongly suggested route that you go. Because you could do that with a TV show where people voted which way to go, and you can imagine that that would tie in brilliantly with you know people making money off of um you know the call-ins, but I don't think you could have it anymore where the, the audience um suggests actually suggests what the story is because if you think of all the if you do uh, um send a letter into um Dalton on uh, the Lost Official podcast, there's all that mm-hmm. legal stuff at the end saying oh you know. By sending us in, we own all your stuff and all that sort of yeah. thing. Imagine all the problems they could have with, um, you know, you sending it maybe like a, a short paragraph of what you want the story to go next, and then you know, who owns the rights to that story anymore? Because that's the whole thing with. Um, I, I was saying the other day that uh, entertainment, especially in the states, is the story is almost secondary. It's like how can we make money out of this? I was, right. I was saying I wouldn't be surprised if they did add an extra half an hour onto the finale of Lost, not because they needed it for the story, just that they thought oh, we can make X amount more money out of this. Um, well, another obstacle here is the time zones. You really can't right. have something fully interactive for the national audience because uh, you know our West Coast, almost everything's on tape delay. And... Uh, it, it it has to. There's a very narrow window of say 9 p.m. where you kind of can get both audiences. So but, if you were going to do something also, like that network show, it would have to be like you said a week ahead of time. You, you wouldn't be able to make it each commercial break. People can text in and and choose where it goes. And you couldn't really um, export that abroad, could you? Because all the excitement of that is gone then, isn't it? Because 
you, you you would only have it in like you said you you'd only be on east coast you can have it on west because you couldn't sell it to um, the uk you couldn't syndicate it all over the world because yeah. um all that goes but yeah well that, that i just looked up guys the program with sylvester mccoy in the 80s was called what's your story it was 1988 okay 1988 bloody hell see i all i remember is him standing in front of a, a pane of a window a glass pane window with water running down it and him leaning over sort of with his legs crossed i think but putting one <laughs> foot up on the um on the table a bit like a uh, riker out of star trek <laughs> doing that sort of thing and rah, 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 yes you, you can phone in because it was all snail mail and phoning in wasn't it it's was all yeah. answers on the back of a postcard there was a really good um it's been taken down though there's a there used to be a really good zombie film on the on the internet where you could choose your own adventure on there so like uh, the house will be invaded by zombies and it was like which way do you want to go do you stop and help this person and it's you can play it on youtube now but it's not as good because um you're limited by the uh what you can do with the youtube technology but they said it was just so popular they couldn't keep the um the bandwidth going on it yeah so i can find that as well there was a show when i was little it was a cartoon um called the laugh olympics i don't know if you guys ever got to see like scooby-doo and yogi bear and and uh those characters on tv but basically uh hanna-barbera which was huckleberry hound and um like i said yogi bear like that that group not bugs bunny not disney this was like another group um um scooby-doo's a, a big name in there uh jabberjaw Josie oh, and that's barbera isn't it yeah yeah all them so they were kind of divided into teams, and you had Yogi Yahoo's, uh, Scooby Doobies, and uh, uh, the really rotten's were like all the bad guys. And yeah. so, uh, like growing up, I would watch that, and uh, I always rooted for the Scooby Doobies. I don't know why. It's there's something <laughs> they had a uh, Blue Falcon and Dynamut, and it, they were the, just kind of the the team I liked. And then so I got a little bit older, and I, I used to think I was kind of into sports, and I thought it would be cool if they made like a animated like like football you can make you up any sport you want like like robot rollerball or whatever and and film a bunch of different episodes and a whole bunch of different scenarios and, and almost make it like a real sports league but in right, okay. before the internet really took off that someone would leak who who's gonna win in every episode and it takes the fun out of it but i always thought that would be kind of cool that you could almost make that like uh preteen targeted sports you know yeah. kind of a transition into like professional sports fandom and and you could and actually bring in like a narrative to it as well and make it you know an yeah, interesting story like, almost like pro wrestling kind of you know you have yeah, yeah. like commentators and they're going like oh you know a little fake video interview with the captain of uh this team or well and, i got i got a book called the um the ultimate Lou book and it's got full of facts and figures and in there it's got um how many races each of the wacky races won Mm-hmm. And just, and says I, who who and Dick Darcy didn't win one race, which I think is yeah. really sad. I think he should have he at least came close a bunch of times though. There were and and I got to the point I used to root for him toward the end there because he, he would when he lost a lot of times he lost for really lame reasons. He'd get so close to the end and then his wheel would fall off. Or yeah, yeah. I always rooted on that show for um, the the beaver, the buzzsaw, lumberjack, and and the beaver. Yeah, and I'm, just, uh, I'm looking him up. I liked um, Chugaboom and the um, you know the little mini sort of dwarf gangsters, whatever yeah. the hell that's going, what that was from. I don't know. Yeah. I hated the guy in the Formula One car who like was Penelope pit stops. 
assumed boyfriend. He was like <laughs> Mr. All American, buff, big puffed out chest, looked like an astronaut. Kind of, I didn't <laughs> care for him at all. It was a mad sign. That was good. And and Dick Dastardly had a cool car. Yeah, the best one, I think. I'm just we looking at what they're called. Cars. Yeah, that's, I had a little car with like a rocket back. I used to pretend it was him. Have we got a link to the teams? Because I want to go through the teams on there now. I'm just looking them up now. So we can see if you can remember any of them, Scott. Yeah. So no, no peeping. Yeah, no peeking. All, right. All I remember is uh, Penelope Pitstop did my brain in. I, I can describe it. them as you're going through. There was a red okay, baron. We'll, okay, we'll start, for, I'll start from the top. Okay, um, Dick Dastardly and Muttley. What was right. their mission called? What was, oh, I've given it away a little bit now. Oh, the team. I don't remember the team names. I can describe the cars, sort of. It was blue, wasn't it? With a it, dome on top. It was like a dark, little dark kind of rocket car, it looked like. It was called there the was... Mean Machine, and the number okay. was double, double zero. Then we had two cavemen. Do you remember what they were called? Oh, no, but oh. I can picture them hitting the little... It was like a little teacup, basically, what? made of rock. Were they in the Chuggaboom? No, they were no. the Slag Brothers, and they were in the Bouldermobile. Oh, then we cool. had, like, some sort of horror um, ones. Yes, yeah, oh. there was, like, the Adams Family kind of thing, <laughs> and it was, like, uh, it, like, the whole house, basically, was in the back of the car. It looked like the Beverly Hillbillies car, but it was Adams Family. Yeah, well, they were called the Gruesome Twosome and the Creepy Coop. And they were number okay. two. Uh, then we had a mad professor who was called yes, Professor was Pat a, Pending. It was like a boat with like propellers and all kind. It was like a weird hodgepodge kind of thing. See, now the, I get his his name. I get it. I get the joke. Yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, I didn't understand that at all. Um, he he was called the converter car. So it was a bit like yeah. the early transformer that was. Mm-hmm. Then we had Red Max and the Crimson Hay Baler. I think that was like an aeroplane, wasn't it? Something yeah, it was like the Red Baron kind of plane. Mm-hmm. I think it had like multiple wings too. Yeah, and then we had Penelope Pit Stop in the yeah. compact Pussycat. Yeah, and then we had some soldiers. They were Sergeant Blast and Private Meekly in the Army Surplus Special. Oh, okay, yeah, I remember that. The Ant Hill Mob in the Bulletproof Bomb. So it wasn't Chugaboom. I think that's what it was called in the their own right. show. Um, Lazy Luke and Blubber Bear in the Arkansas Chugabug. I think they were like the hillbillies with like um, yes. saws yep. for wheels. Uh, Peter Perfect and the Turbo Terrific. That's the one. Yeah, Peter Perfect's the one I can't stand. Oh, it's so the one with the saws for wheels. That's the one I was thinking. There was like the lumberjack car. Yeah. Maybe is there someone else with like a lumberjack or is that uh, maybe Rufus Roughcut and Sawtooth in the buzz wagon? That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah. So those are all the, that's all of the uh, contestants. So I'm just oh, wait, the one with the bear was the hillbilly, she said, right? I think so. I can't got any pictures. I'm just having a little look. Yeah, forward. that's that's uh, not the one with the sauce for wheels. I can picture that one now. Uh, it's quite yeah, a sexist program, really, too. isn't it? Hmm? It's quite a sexist program with the, the woman in the obligatory pink car. <laughs> big lips on the car. and she, yeah. uh, Every every still shot you find of her on the internet that hasn't been photoshopped into porn is going to be her standing <laughs> with a compact doing her lips. Okay, let's see who won the most. Mean Machine never won any. Uh, it looks to me like the Bouldermobile was the the biggest winner, which is the the cave the caveman one. They never they didn't have any rivals, if I remember. Like they were the ones who just kind of seemed to come through. Other groups would be doing stuff, and they just come through with the finish. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Well, we we asked you to come join us today, partly to help us manage our show. We're looking for that guest producing status and you did a good job of that did you uh were you able to bring uh, a story of your own or anything you want to go through 
Yeah, I've um, I bought a, a story um, which has been reported on a couple of different um, websites. Um, some a bit more scientifically than others. Um, apparently, the Voyager Two, I think it was, which is one of the um, the sort of deep space uh, probes they've sent out with with the famous gold disc, which has got the information of uh, shown. Um, I think did you guys speak about Stephen Hawking recently saying maybe it wasn't a, a good idea to show people how to get back yes, to this planet that was, yeah. yeah we actually had yeah. Stephen Hawking on the show <laughs> um I'm, I'm glad I'm like sort of in that sort of a league of guest producers now that's, that's really good <laughs> um yeah so apparently the Voyager 2 um is started to send back a, some sort of strange messages um the sort of the scientific reason is, is that it you know it Maybe there's something wrong with their computer and they're trying to send some uh, patch up there to fix it. But they're saying all the other diagnostics on the uh, on the system seem to be perfectly fine. It's just you know, the information that's been sending back for, I don't know, was it early 80s or uh, late 70s when it went up there? It was launched um, in 1977. Yep. Yeah. So it's been sending back the same stuff routinely. But um, now it's started to change and it's given sort of um, strange information back from it. And uh, there's a couple of sort of uh, uh, conspiracy theorists thinking maybe it's been um, it's encountered some kind of alien race and it's trying to send back some sort of message from the aliens. So that's the uh, the story got on there. And it, but it's you know, it's quite close to the whole um, Star Trek in the motion picture. I think it was Voyager One in that one where it met mm -hmm. up with some race of computers and um, they fixed them yep. up. Yeah, Vija, the uh, most was it carbon units or I can't remember what yeah. I used to say. Yeah, so I thought that was quite interesting. That's cool. Is there an official explanation? Because I'm not finding that. I'm just finding these. Well, I read they they just they don't know what's wrong with it basically, and they they they're shutting down most of the systems, and they're trying to send like a a software patch. But imagine imagine how hard it is to try and uh, work with a, a 1977 computer, which is like millions of miles away. How far is it off now? I think it's is it near um. Does it say how far away it is? Well, it's, Voyager it's, 1 is almost 9 billion miles away. So yeah. I'm not sure well, yeah. if it was the route. So imagine trying to fix a 1977 computer, which is billions of miles away from the Earth. It must, it must be a, a bit of a task. But wasn't it true that, um, well, I don't know if it was just a, an urban myth, but weren't they, uh, NASA having to look for parts for the space shuttle on eBay because it's all so out of date? And they don't make some of the bits for it anymore, and they have to go and sort of trawl through um, eBay stores to try and find bits and bobs for it. That doesn't surprise me at all with all the, the technology. I, I know it's one of the most complicated machines man has ever built, but it was designed in the early 90s, wasn't it? So 80s? Sorry, early 80s, sorry, yeah. 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 Well, it was yeah. even probably designed even earlier. You know, it was built and, and first used in the 80s, but... You know, the actual blueprints and stuff probably use, you know, uh, the old PC XT <laughs> kind of, of, you know, big five and a quarter inch floppy drive technology. Yeah. But one of the things I lo like about this uh, Voyager 2 story is um, when someone said, oh, it's probably aliens, you know, you think, oh, that's never going to happen. You know, that's such a sci-fi idea. But then when you actually think about it, We've got a spacecraft which is like right on the edge of our solar system, and billions of years away. That's a pretty sci-fi concept if you actually think about it. And I think it's you know the link between those two. I know it's 
huge, but it's it's not as um crazy as you you might think, you know. No, I think it's awesome. I th- I've also heard um, Voyager One and Voyager Two aren't where they should be. Apparently, they're actually slowing down for no reason whatsoever. They haven't been programmed to slow down, and scientists aren't too sure why it's slowing down. They say in this uh, report here, uh, Voyager One is 10.5 billion miles away from Earth and is about five years, in about five years, is expected to pass through the heliosphere, a bubble that Mm -hmm. the sun creates around the solar system. So once it's passed there, it's into interstellar space. That's, that's, it's incredible to think that, isn't it? That in our lifetime, that a spacecraft has gone beyond the solar system. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kids now just wouldn't be interested in that. I'm, I'm sounding like an old, I'm only like 33, but I still get really excited about this sort of stuff. But it's stuff you don't think about in your day-to-day life. You know, space shuttle could be floating above our head um, with people like doing um, spacewalks and stuff. And it's not on the news anymore. And you don't seem to care. Well, people generally just people go around their day-to-day business with all these amazing, exciting things happening. And like, and this, you know, if this was some kind of alien race trying to communicate through Voyager, it's stuck on the, you know, on the back end of a website somewhere. Hmm. Yeah, and that's what it was built for. That's what all those that disc and the maps and all that stuff on there are built, kind of expecting that someone might find it, and you want yeah. them to have an idea of of how to communicate back. Would they have any idea of what that disc is for? <laughs> well, we haven't got any. Di- we probably haven't got any players that would play it anymore. So no. imagine what if, if they got out there. Well, it has a player. Oh. I know they did a lot of mathematical things. You know, things they felt were fundamental. But yeah, probably a lot of it is mm. is outdated. But I don't know. You know, with, with what you were saying, Ross, I think a big part of it is, with the exception of Star Wars, nothing you would see on TV or in film when we were growing up looked real enough to compete with the sight of, of watching the space shuttle go off or uh, Apollo Soyuz. I remember watching that. And, but now kids have things in the, you know, on their handheld video games that are just mm-hmm. as realistic as, as these things. And they've been so inundated with uh, science fiction. We were talking about the cartoons before. I can't remember a cartoon that wasn't uh, an anime kind of, not very realistic looking depiction of robots and spaceships fighting that uh that was around when we were little and now i mean there's there's just so much stuff that they can go and see that's you know discovery channel things 900 times a day and the science channel sci-fi channel all these things that it just kind of numbs them i think to what's going on in real life real life's kind of boring compared to what's on there Welcome to the old Git cast where we discuss. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, then, seems as as we're on the old Git cast thing, um, I get terribly affected by the, the kids watching the, the Cartoon Network and all them other stuff. And they miss out on all. Uh, Ross will know this. Did you ever used to watch The Broom Cupboard? Mm hmm. Were you a BBC yep. One or an ITV man? Uh, BBC was CBBC all the way. I could, I, there was only a couple of good things on um, CITV. Yeah, it was nightmare, and about that yeah. was about it, really, wasn't it? BBC yeah. had Grain Chill. You also had the broom cupboard with uh, Philip Schofield and Gordon the Gopher, Andy Peters and Ed the Duck, and I think uh, Andy Toby, Crane. My, well, my um, girlfriend um, wrote a rap which uh, and sent it in on a, a tape, and Toby, Toby Anstis played it on the uh, on the broom, broom cupboard. 
And I'm just waiting for it because the BBC are going to do this thing one day where they're going to open up all their um, archives to the public so you can just look at anything the BBC's ever made. I'm just yeah. waiting for that day so we can go and get hold of that bit where they played um, her doing this stupid rap about something or other. <laughs> See, that that's what the kids are missing out on at the moment. They We had like a focal point. We had a focal person to look forward to after school, come home, have a drink, sit in front of the TV and watch this person link all the programs together with a bit of fun and now it's just commercials sell your stuff program commercials sell your stuff program and it's a bit dull really and also the thing i find it's weird where they will show like 10 episodes of the same show in a row like i'll be i'll be around my nephew's house and um and i think it's spongebob's episodes going on forever they go oh no this is probably like the fifth episode so far and this is what there's no sort of variation between the stuff it's like this is a spongebob um two hours or whatever and then you go on to whatever yeah you know and everything makes me angry is um they've changed all the shapes and colors of all the mr men why there's no reason to no yeah they've and changed they're... the total format of that haven't they yeah it's annoying let's go back <laughs> anyway. to the old stuff it's mr man and little miss those ones you're talking yeah. about yeah. yeah, they've got they've got a new one, and they've changed all the shapes and colours of them all, and, and I can't see any reason whatsoever to do that. Me and a friend got uh, drunk one night, and we started writing down inappropriate Mister Men names, and we came up with a <laughs> list of about five or ten. <laughs> I might put that on that live one once. Came up go. with uh, <laughs> Little Miss Whore, Mister Bling, <laughs> um, Little Miss Bumbaclarts, uh, <laughs> Mister Pikey, and lots of other stuff like that. Yeah. I'd like them turned into cartoons. Brilliant. I, I was just waiting for Alton just to take it to, to off to um the blue side of things. <laughs> there you go. I'm, I'm waiting for Kablamo as well. You've got to get a Kablamo in. Ah, uh, no, I'm not a performing seal. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, talking about uh, being old and all that, I was, was poking around some things the other day and, and I found the fabled under 20s sound. This uh, was it 18, 1800 megahertz. Um, should have had it in front of me to read, but unfortunately. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? Which? The, so the, it's a uh, sine wave at eighteen hundred uh, at eighteen kilohertz. So eighteen thousand hertz, um, where a dog whistle falls between sixteen thousand and twenty two thousand, and some people can hear the sound up until a certain point. They say around when you turn twenty, you can no longer hear the sound. So uh, we have we actually have the sound. If you can't hear it, we actually have the sound. <laughs> and if you talk to a listener who's under thirty, and as long as Skype and such don't distort it, uh, this should be a workable test of your youth. Now, I I tested before and I couldn't hear it. Oh, cool! I, are you able to splice it in, Elton? We'll see if we can get it going. Yeah, hang on. Don't breathe. Don't do anything. I'll see if I can play it. There we go. All right, something's different there because I couldn't hear it on my own computer, but I was getting a headache from it. I'm and that time I could hear it. I'm surprised I can hear that because I have like mild tinnitus. Is it tinnitus or tinnitus? I don't know. I think it's But I don't think that's right. I think it gets diluted somehow with what, you know, the different channels it goes through because I couldn't hear it at home. Ah. I could hear that. Um, my girlfriend's an audiologist. Um, it's like a 
clinical scientist would do with the ears and all that sort of stuff. Would you like to hear her take on that? Sure. If she if she's up for saying it, yeah. talking about it, I'll go and see if she's free. One sec. Hello there. This is Tim from the Happy Times podcast, and you're listening to an apotheosis of a bombast. Well, here we go, guys. We got a we got an official NHS audiologist who's going to give her opinion. So, Beck, there's, there's a special sound. Can you hear me, guys? Yeah, we yeah. can hear you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a special sound which they are using now to sort of disperse. Yeah, I've heard about it. You've heard yeah. about it. So, mm-hmm. is it scientifically accurate? That... Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. Okay, so... Hi, Beck, right. by the way. Hi. Hi. I've heard um, you before. All it is is... What was that? I've heard you before on the, on the creeping. Excellent. Sorry. Good. I'm pleased. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. All it is 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 that um, your hearing starts to deteriorate from the moment that you're born, so yeah. you lose a lot of really high frequency hearing really quickly. Um, you begin to see age related hearing loss on a hearing test by the age of about thirty. So it, it it's not exclusive to teenagers. This machine, but it, it is. It's it's the whole point is as you get older, you're much less likely to hear that particular high frequency sound. Right. So the cutoff is going to be about. It is, is going to be dependent on the individual, but essentially it's going to be mainly young people. But it certainly shouldn't be applied to just teenagers. But would it, um, should it get, cause them discomfort or is that all to do with It's violence? just annoying. It's just, a, it's just annoying. That's always, it's not, going to, it's not going to hurt them. It's not like their ears are going to bleed. Or... No, nothing like no. that. It's not going to, it's, they're not going to be allowed to put it out at that kind of level. But yeah, it would just be really annoying. You know, like when there's a mozzie in the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is like that. Yeah. Are you like the lady that turned up at my school when I was nine years old and put big headphones on and told me to click a button? Kind of, yeah, kind of. That's one of the uh, educational audiologists. Yeah, sort of. Okay, cool. I just don't go to school, so that's all. Right. You have to come and sit in a big booth and um, and, and, <laughs> and pre- I've done it myself, just press the little button and all that sort Well, of she thing. might be able to, to explain what happened here. Now, the, if you go to the link itself, I w- which uh, Ross should have in front of him, I wasn't able to hear it, but then Elton ran it through, I guess he's running it through a mixer and a bunch of other things so that it would be in the recording, and that time I could hear it. Is it is it likely that somewhere in there it's being changed in a way or slowed down with all this, you know, going through Skype and all this other stuff, or yeah, are we beyond weird. your Yeah, it's area most likely to have been broken up into um, its, the, its series of harmonics, I would guess, and you can hear one of them and not all of them. Yeah, So it's we, no longer I, the I, pure, pure signal that it was... Hmm. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly okay. right. Are you playing it now, Ross? Yeah, so I can't hear it. No, I can't hear it. And I know my hearing's perfect because I test it every six months, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be uh, 18 kilohertz. Well, I mean, that's much higher than what we would test. That's almost double higher than what we would test normally. So that is super high frequency. Have yeah, you says- ever seen uh, the Mythbusters? And they did a, a frequency test on the brown note, where apparently you're supposed to lose control of all your bowels, and people are supposed to <laughs> like poo themselves. I've seen that episode. You should do that, that at work just for a joke. All the time, do you think? Is that what that is? Because they're always dropping, they're always dropping the poo bombs <laughs> in the clinic room. As if I don't know it's them, you know, it's only me and them, and it stinks, and it's you. Well, the thing is that they're all old people, so that they can't hear themselves. They don't fall. know they're fighting; they just rip them out. <laughs> like wet farts and they don't know so maybe there's something in that and Beck's super close we're just looking in their ears at the time as well 
maybe 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 there definitely is something in that and maybe something maybe i'm accidentally producing these sounds and it, i'm you know i'm bringing the farts well maybe you do that all the time yourself because i'm always farting maybe your voice is, is maybe it's the brown That's light the frequency yeah. that is the key <laughs> <laughs> i hope you're wearing clean underwear guys <laughs> Okay. Well, you go back. Okay. Thanks for that. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks a lot. Bye. Hi, guys. Me again. Uh, yes, you've reached that time of the show where Skype decided to make Ross sound like a minicab driver in Welling. So try and enjoy what we got for you, and you have been warned. So that that unfortunately got distorted through the mixer and all that stuff, but it actually comes from. I know we're going a little bit out of order here, but it comes from our site of the day, uh, or site of the show that I was going to share with everybody here. It comes from uh, smashinglists.com, and we won't really be able to go through all of them on the show because a lot of it's visual, but it's uh, it's a collection of 10 amazing tricks to play on your brain. Oh. <laughs> and so that's actually trick number three. It has a link to that, but they talk about... Um, something called the Gansfeld procedure where you deprive your senses and you hallucinate. So I mean, they'd give you like a real basic thing, like play some static over the radio, cover your eyes with half of a ping pong ball and just <laughs> lay there and zone out. Um, talk about how you can literally mind over matter basically and, and uh, reduce the amount of pain you feel by fooling your brain. Okay, cool. Uh, that, kind of more elaborate versions of when you close your right eye and you close your left eye and your nose seems to dance <laughs> from one side <laughs> to the other. Kind of some of an extension of that. Um, number seven is about how you can put your body in a certain position and then you've probably done that with a, f- a friend. They sit there and they go, twist this, move here now, wiggle your left finger and you think you're doing your left finger and your right finger moves. Oh, and no, I've never done that. It's how you, your brain can't, it loses control of which is left and which is right in the body control. So, oh, wicked! I'm gonna have to try that then. Uh, it's weird. got something about hearing and depth perception. The link we did, and just a couple things in there. So, I'm not gonna go insane if I try these for them. I, I'm not gonna. No, they should all be safe. And they, yeah. the one neat <laughs> thing is they they have an explanation of it, and it has a link to more details through it. So this is at www.smashinglists.com. And then all connected by hyphens. Ten amazing tricks to play with your brain. And then another slash. So we have the link in the show notes. Mm. Do you want to do Blakey's one then? Sure. We had a request in our last episode to have some stories kind of put up on the Facebook page that Elton made. And we did get one from our friend Blakey Biz. We actually put up two, but um, one was unusual, (laughs) to say the least. And it's, uh, I, I don't really understand it. And that's, that's why we picked this one. But the story is a woman finds a masturbating jelly baby in a bag of sweets. So he put a link on the site. And uh, like I, I didn't understand what was really being described. I mean, I understand, but it, like it, it just, I couldn't picture it. Now, th- there is a link that actually has a photograph of the candy. But it's not a picture of the actual jelly baby itself, though, is it? It's just I a picture so. of a bowl of the... No, no. See, that's the link that that was on the website. If uh, I did a search, because the... 
I'll phrase that better. That's the link that Blakey sent us, and it's basically just a paragraph. It doesn't have a whole lot to it. Um, it, it piques your interest, and then it it just kind of goes up. Oh, that was the weird news, and uh, I, I couldn't let it go with that. So I looked, and I did find an actual photo. The photo will be available on our show notes. It may have to be censored by Elton here. <laughs> the woman says... When I opened the bag, I screamed so loudly, the whole office came running. I couldn't believe my eyes. <laughs> and it's it's a bizarre... I, I, guess, I guess that's what it's supposed to be. <laughs> I guess someone <laughs> did... I mean, I'm trying to think, what could it have been that got misinterpreted? Maybe but, it's just uh, another way that aliens are trying to contact us. They're not, we're not listening to them going through um, Voyager 2, so they thought, okay, well, we just start sending them masturbating jelly babies. Look at his face. It's got like this creepy little smirk on its face. It's almost sneering at you as if it's yeah, saying, I, I I'll hit you with this. Got no shirt on. Doesn't even look like a regular jelly baby, does it? It's, no, it's got like a little fist. It's clearly it's <laughs> made to be. It is masturbating. Yes, it is. <laughs> this cultural artifact was discovered by Liz Parker. She bought the little chap home from the Staines branch of Tesco's in a bag of Candy King. See, like when I read. Did she, what was I didn't know where she found. I didn't really get it, right? But, uh, so I guess it, it's it, like it'd be the equivalent of like gummy bears and stuff here. What What are the normal shapes in a candy cane? Oh bag? right, well jelly babies. They're just little babies with little pot bellies and little tiny feet. They don't have any clothes on. Don't have any winkies or bum. They're just like asexual, like little cupids, little kinda. things. Yeah. yeah, they're not even this detailed. This looks like a completely different type of mold. It's not even like a mistake, is it? No, it looks like it's come out of another mold in the factory or something and just dropped into the bag. But I don't know what why anyone would want to make something that look like that anyway. I'm guessing it's salty. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, when I looked at the, the picture on the page that Blakey sent us, it, it's a bowl of, like, American people think of uh, Sour Patch Kids. They look like little small, maybe gummy bears if you look at them closely, or little kids or, or Swedish fish, but they look covered in, like, sugar. Right. So I, I just, I looked at the, the picture on uh, that and not being, I couldn't imagine how it was anything more than when someone says, hey, I found a potato chip that looks like Jesus, or, you know, my... Uh, <laughs> This potato looks like Abraham Lincoln, you know, yeah. stuff like that. But then looking now and seeing this creepy looking little, it's two inches too, two inch big. <laughs> How did that little fella get in there? He, it, it looks like a little devilish. He'd expect it to start talking to you. <laughs> they must have uh, somewhere in that store where they're, they're making these rude little sweets. It's obviously been made on purpose. I'm, can't you get other sweets that are like phallically looking and stuff like that? So maybe that's not part of the Candy King bag, but maybe at yeah. that same factory they make uh, adult items. Masturbating jelly babies. It's bizarre. It, it, isn't it funny that the things that are described as adult are normally the most childish things you can imagine, but aren't they? Yeah. Well, they have to be. Otherwise, we don't find amusement in them. So this picture, I mean, it's it's clearly a little... I wouldn't say a little boy. I would say it's like a little demon. It's creepy. But thank you, Blake, for that. <laughs> yes, thank you very much for doing that. And if you anyone else wants to do it, then just go to Facebook. We've got a little homepage there where you can stick up stories, and you're more than welcome to stick anything you want up there. And we'll probably, most probably, will read it out. Right. 
Shall we move on? Yeah, did you have anything, uh, well, any stories of your own? At, at the end of last week, we had a story that cropped up on us a bit unawares, didn't we? Um, on the Weird Asia site? Yes, on the Weird Asia site, and I think it's only fair that we hit it right now, right. <laughs> to be honest. Right. This is a story about an eel entering a man's bumhole <laughs> and then eating him from the inside. Uh, this guy, he's 59 years old. He's from China. It's the Chinese people again. They are bonkers. But I love them. Um, this this man went out for a drink with his friends. He got totally rat ass. He ended up falling asleep on the side of the, the road or in someone's flat, I'm guessing. His friends thought it would be wise to stick a Chinese eel up his rectum and to see what would happen. Now... You can imagine that the eel's not too pleased with this, and he's thrashing around. It's, it's very similar to the story where we had a fish go up the, the Indian's little weenie. <laughs> Swinging up the wrong way. Anyway, um, yeah, they, they put this eel up at this man's bottom, and the eel was a bit distressed, and so it decided to eat him from the inside out. It ate all of his bowels, and started on all his intestines, and... Killed the poor chap. So, you know, a bit of a downer story, but... <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a downer. But would you be able to sleep through someone sticking an eel up your ass? i got to think that he was actually, like, secretly pretending to be asleep. What, with one eye closed and, like, yeah, yeah they're playing Ooh. my bottom. What are they putting up there? <laughs> yeah, baby, I like this. And it starts thrashing around. he was just drunk, passed out, and... And it made it so small. Yeah, well, oh, it just makes you think of uh, in Star Trek Two when they put the little bug in the guy's ear and they can't turn around and go backwards. Right. I'm all. sorry. There's nothing. <laughs> no, no, it's not the same. No, it's, it's, it's not the same. But I, I understand where you're coming from. But yes, having an eel up your bottom and then eating you from the inside out is quite bad. Uh, I don't know if there's any charges pushed towards. The guys actually did it. Who the hell is going to own up and say, yes, I'm the one who put the eel up his bottom? They're not going to, are they? But it reminds me of um, Led Zeppelin. Uh, there was a, isn't there a myth that John Bonham was fishing on on like a quayside for, out, out of his um, hotel window, I think it was, and he, he hooked up a, a baby shark and then let a lady play with that at one point and I don't know if that's a true story or not, but I think that's like a, one of these fabled stories that has been passed around. Yeah. But yes, poor man died. Um, so, Scott, ever had an eel up your bottom? <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, I'm looking at these pictures of these eels too, and you, I just, I can't believe it's, I mean, each eel looks different, which makes me feel a little bit better that it's none of these in the photo. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's just, ew, they're like gigantic. Yeah, so kids, don't do that on your next time out. That's horrible. I, it's, I, it's on like, I have like five copies of this page open on my computer. I can't get rid of this eel. There we go. <laughs> it's gone. Bring me Penelope Pitstop. Well, that, is that moral? <laughs> I just, I, I don't want to call shenanigans on him, but I think I'm going to call shenanigans on him. I, uh, while we've been recording, I've uh, shared this link with uh, our friend Marius, Rick, from the Starbase 66 podcast. Mm -hmm. And he claims he can hear the sound. 
Now I I know <laughs> I know he's not under twenty. Oh, this is the uh, the the high frequency sound. Yes, yeah. yes. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm multitasking. I I was driven away from the narrative about the eel. Yes. So in an effort to uh, to purge that image, I uh, had the opportunity to share it, and I did. Um, and he points out yet another thing we have to keep in mind: whatever the sound is, it's at the at the upper limit of what a speaker or headphones may be able to produce. Yeah. So the sharing of this actual link may, may prove to be. It's all hocus pocus, really. Hey, all right, semi-related. Have you guys seen Terminator Salvation, the most recent Terminator movie? Yep. Yes. Okay. Uh, possible spoiler, but you don't need it to waste shit. your time watching it anyway. So. <laughs> yes, it's total rubbish. So uh, it's, the movie's over a year old. If you don't want to hear it, uh, give me five minutes tops to talk about this. Come back and talk to us. See us then. But anyway, early on in the story, the the premise is introduced that the I'll call them the rebellion because I'm drawing a blank of what they call themselves. Uh, they've come up with some secret frequency going underneath um, transmissions between machines, the resistance, and uh, so they think they can shut down the machines. And so they're working on the whole thing. That's what made me think of it. But boy, yeah, the movie is crap. <laughs> <laughs> I I was everyone went to bed early last night and I decided to take a few minutes and and watch it because no one else will watch it with me and I didn't think it was safe to watch with my kids with my son so I put it on and uh, I thought it was kind of slow at the beginning but through the first half hour I was kind of like all right well I, they could go somewhere with this I could see a, a real story here but about forty minutes in I was just. I, I couldn't quit on it because I'd already invested so much, but I was very disappointed and no. very disappointed that the ending isn't an ending. They leave it kind of to, to be continued. Well, it's really because they've gone bankrupt now, haven't they? Yeah. Well, I heard on, um, I was listening to Starbase 66 this week and they mentioned this, uh, that Bale actually turned around and said, well, I'm only going to be in it if I can be John Connor. And they turned around and said, well, okay, fine. You can sit in a bunker. And talk over a radio for you know two hours. That's fine. And no, no, I'm not doing that. I'm an actor. Yeah, it was clear that Sam Worthington was supposed to be the the main part of it. I it was my original impression. I was surprised Bale took the role. Mm. And then about halfway through, you could see someone had rewrite authority. <laughs> yeah, because there were some things that you're like, really? All of a sudden, he's back in the picture. Because I thought we were done with him for a while. Well, the the canon on Terminator has been twisted so many times, isn't it? So that I'm sure that they can come up with another one anyway. But uh, I wasn't a big fan of that movie, I've got to admit. Well, the issues yeah. I've got is, um, one, uh, Skynet took Carl Reese um, prisoner in order to look law John Connor to come and rescue him, didn't they? And then let him live forever. Yeah, but then the thing is, when, if they knew what Carl Reese's... Um, linked to John Connor was and was, was um, counted on that for him to go and rescue him. Why don't they just mm-hmm. kill Carl Reese while they got him captive? Yeah, when they be... first caught him. Yeah, that, so that... Secondly, why do um, the Terminator motorbikes sort of made so that a human can ride them? Right. By pull, pulling something off them, so that wouldn't work. And also, um, like inside Skynet, it, it's it's built so people can walk around and all that sort of thing. And they give, give like an avatar to, they give Henry Bonham O'Connor's avatar to Skynet so it can explain the whole plot to everyone. And I, I always imagined like in the original ones, it was just all computers. You wouldn't have, it was just a, you know, like a the Matrix. Yeah. 
it just serves someone. It wouldn't have any kind of like personality or voice or anything. It's just machines just going about like the way a machine does. It wouldn't it's, have a reception for uh, John Connor to walk in. No. All you needed really... was a bloody little bell on the on the desk for him to yeah. ring. And the whole thing, like they had to like put a face to it so we could explain the whole plot. Ridiculous. The helicopter, yeah, I, 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 jump aside, jumping out of a plane or a helicopter, swimming down through a massive storm into a nuclear submarine. How did he do that? He's John Connor. He's the <laughs> chosen one. Well, I, I just don't see they've redone the whole basically story, like like Elton said. There's Kyle Reese hasn't been sent back in the past yet. So, and if they were to go and send Kyle Reese back now, the the Terminator seemed, I thought they seemed more advanced. Yeah. I mean, when when they're in Los Angeles and you see that weird man in a costume as opposed to, sorry, a lot of, a lot of chair noise there. That weird, uh, I guess it's an old Terminator, but it just looks like a man wearing um, like sand person gear from... <laughs> from uh, yeah. Why would Terminators wear bandanas and dress themselves up? It's ridiculous. Yeah, it was, it was just weird. And so then you had the the Schwarzenegger Terminator. Then you had um, what's his name? Uh, I don't know. It was Sam Worthington was the actor? I can't remember. Marcus. You had Marcus Wright, the ultra modern Terminator. <laughs> Wouldn't he be the one you'd send back to go kill Sarah Connor? Yeah, I would have thought so. I think I've said somewhere in an earlier show, but I'll say it again. It's one thing. I know the prequels with Star Wars were not well-received in many, many ways, but considering how much technology advanced and all, I thought they did an okay job in some ways of creating spacecraft that could have evolved to what we saw in A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back and all that stuff. I mean, they the, the precursors to the X-Wings... Uh, they basically look like X-Wings where the wings don't open up. I thought that was all right. And the the Jedi fighters, how they kind of turn into the TIE fighters. and all It wasn't great, but I, I thought at least there was a conscious effort there to make it look like An the, the era before. Yeah, that, that chronologically and sophistication of, of technology, you end up having um, some consistency there. Okay, should we hit one more story and then wrap it up there for the sure. wonderful viewers or listeners? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. well, I'm, I'm going to give Ross the choice. You can either have a um, da, 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 da. Randy Roo or Slug Dare. What would you like? I don't Ooh. think I like either of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Randy Roo. Right. In Australia, we have Love Struck Kangaroo Hunts Aussie Women. A frisky kangaroo has caused mayhem after stalking women in an area known as Honeymoon Ranges in North Australia. Female residents in the isolated town of Tennant Creek in the Northern Territory have complained that the animal has been lurking and making its intentions very clear. Oh dear. <laughs> One witness was actually quoted saying, I won't do the Australian accent, but... I'll do one. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> How do you do the Australian accent? Let me try. I turned around and I saw this big kangaroo behind me. I hesitated in my steps. I ain't going to do that all the way around. <laughs> <laughs> we just lost um, 25% of your listenership there. Never mind. Waving. Bye bye. Um, 
it seemed a bit odd, but I continued walking and I didn't think much about it. Then on the return walk, he was there waiting for me, she said. He started circling me and there was no doubt about what he wanted, the randy old thing. It was a huge kangaroo and quite intimidating. <laughs> he bought me a drink, so I, I took him back to my dummy. Well, that's the toilet, isn't it? Uh, rubbish. Now, I've heard of um, kangaroos boxing people and stuff like that, but, you know, a kangaroo walking around with his, his wiener hanging out, obviously well, they showing... Have them. They've always got them hanging out. They don't wear trousers, do they? <laughs> no. <laughs> I've never seen a kangaroo's winky, though. You know, you know when you, you take kids to the, um, the farms, yeah. there's always one horse there that decides to have a pee, and all the kids go, oh, look, look at that yeah. horse's dick, or the yeah, cow's that's nothing, dick. boys. Yeah. That's but, <laughs> yes. And especially when you get a dog, like, rubbing up against your leg, and it gets its lipstick out, and you're like, oh, no, get off of me. You're like, <laughs> disgusting. I think, that, I think that, aren't they, like, split in two? But don't um, Aborigines sort of mutate themselves to simulate what a kangaroo's, what it looks like? What, they're, they're wingy? Yeah, I think we split it down the middle. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, right, Wikipedia, hang on. I'm looking at that now. You picked this story. This what made you pick this story? Kangaroo. Well, Wikipedia understand wingy. Let's try. <laughs> kangaroo wingy. <laughs> Did you mean kangaroo winner? No, I meant kangaroo wiener. There's a museum, isn't there, in um, Iceland? It's a penis museum where you can go and look at all different types of animals' penises mounted up, up on the wall. Really? Yeah, there's a guy I, I saw. There was a really good documentary with this guy who um, he did like a pilgrimage to go there and went, um, because his friend was Icelandic and his friend was uh, said he was taken there one day and his friend died. So as like a, a, a memory thing for his friend, he decided to hitchhike from England to Iceland. So he hitchhiked on a boat and all the way around um, Iceland. It was a really brilliant thing. He just filmed it all on his um, on his video camera. Um, he ended up going uh, to like an outdoor um, bath with the former Miss Iceland, and they ended up buying illegal um, vodka. Someone food is really uh, expensive over there. He ended up running out of money and having to eat some sort of pickled che- uh, sheep's head in a um, in a bus station somewhere. But eventually, he made it to this um, penis museum, and um, they got like a, a whale's penis, a tiger's penis, and they're all like mounted on on the wall like you would have like a moose's head. And at the end, of, when he left, he uh, signed a piece of paper to say that when he died, he's going to donate his penis to this museum to end up going up on the wall. Oh, dear. That, that museum is very helpful and important to certain groups of people, too. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, well, well, here you are now. You wish you had access to that museum right this second. It would save you some time. Back in the days before Wikipedia. And now, now there'll be a virtual museum somewhere. Oh, it's Go a tra- traditional mutil mutilation unique to the aborigines uh mutilation is a urethrotomy urethrotomy in which the underservice of the Uh penis is incised and and the urethra slit open lengthways oh god well they do that throughout their own yeah oh (laughs) Circumcision is one of the elements in the initiation of Aboriginal youths, and it's almost like they split it in half along 
along the underside. But I heard that they did it to try and make it look like a, a, a kangaroo's penis, but they don't mention that here. Who cares why they do it? There also mm-hmm. exists a ritual of penis holding, which occurs when the <laughs> sub... What's that word? Sub... Sub-incised men enter a strange camp. Really? No shit, Sherlock. (laughs) Okay, I I think it's time to wrap it up here, I think. Oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Wrap it up in bandages and hope it heals up very soon. (laughs) Okay, right. Um... Yes, if you have any uh, stories that you want to send us, we, we, you want us to read out, then send them to either the Facebook page where you can join and be our friend or follower or like us or whatever you do there. Um, or you they can, can send... be about anything. They do not have to be about body mutilation. No. Or, uh, <laughs> or any, you know, it does not have to involve anything below the waist. No, definitely not. Entirely upper body. Yes. Or non-body at all. Or you can send it to bombastpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash ultimate manners. You can follow Scott at twitter.com forward slash shc1970. You can also follow Ross at twitter.com forward slash revoltingross. I don't think that's his first name. I think that's his company name. But (laughs) his mother didn't call him revolting (laughs) as he was born. Anyway, I'm going to get beaten she up. Will if she hears this podcast that she won't um, rechristen me. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's about it, really. Uh, well, oh. Ross, what, why don't you give the information about your show, where it is, where they can find it? Yeah, um, I've got a podcast which I do um, once a month with my mate James. It's uh, creeperofarmstrong.co.uk or just search for Creeper of Armstrong on iTunes. And um, we just talk about geeky bits and bobs and what's going on with our lives. Uh, we're going to the comic convention in Bristol this uh, month, so there'll be a special couple of episodes where we hope and get some um, interviews with a couple of writers uh, with comics and TV shows and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, but it's a bit of a mixed bag. You never know what you're going to get, but it'd be great if you could come and uh, give us a listen. We also do, if you don't mind me plugging this, a, a thing called Week in Geek which is a email which we send out once a week with links to different websites and um, movie trailers and just uh, geeky stuff we find on the internet. And you can subscribe to that on the Creeper and Armstrong website. Yeah, I'm a, a member of that as well, so it's all good, actually. It's very, very good. Um, yeah, you can get to all that from our show notes, too, so you'll be able to link to it right from there. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, one thing I did want to ask you, Ross, do you want to be part of the Bombast World Cup name list? where we're having a little competition on what happens in the World Cup. Uh, am I allowed to choose what team I got, or do you give it to me? It's a luck of the draw thing. Luck of the draw. Okay, I'll go in. I'm not a big um, football fan. Uh, I ever completed uh, the South Korean team in my um, Mexico 86 sticker book. Um, because <laughs> I just used to give everyone all the other team players, but I didn't really care about them. I just wanted them to join in. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll play. Okay. We, Korea, may t- be great. we may also do a uh, a bracket of sorts, kind of where you'll you'll be able to try to predict. But we'll have to kind of see what the actual draws end up being. And, and... As long as I don't have to watch any football matches, uh, I'll play. No, you don't <laughs> have to watch any. We just let you know if you're a loser or not each <laughs> week. Brilliant. <laughs> awesome. Sorry. Right, yeah, Still we got covering. we got um 13 places left on that. So if you want to join in, uh, let us know at the email address, Twitter address. 
the uh, Facebook address, and we'll let you know if you're in or not. Okay. Yep. Sounds good. Jolly good. Well, thank you very much, guys, for listening. Uh, enjoy. Yep, thanks for joining us, Ross. We appreciate it. Helped thank a lot. You. And uh, that's that's it for this week's show. Yeah, I'll bid you adieu. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye. Thanks. Bye. bye. Bravo! I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away! Hey, boo! Boo!